0: All righty, so I am back here for under review. We got the the week four uh, preview. Just gonna be me, Sam here today. Micah went out on a uh, little vacation for the week, and uh, figured I'd I'd get up a little episode. Keep it keep it nice and short. Go over the recap from week three. Go over some some games for week four because we got some good some good games lined up here for for week four. Do a little preview, and uh, yeah, well I'll kind of break it down, but. We'll keep it nice and sweet, not too much chitter-chatter. I am by myself, so I don't, I don't love it, but uh, we'll get this one out for however many viewers we got. So starting back, let's let's go over week three. We got uh, on the Friday, we had Chelsea versus Luttentown. I didn't realize how bad this Luttentown team was because uh, they'd only played their one game against Brighton, um, and Brighton did beat them 4-1. But they had scored. They looked kind of, like, decent offensively in that game. Uh, we'll get to Brighton later, but it turns out Brighton's defense is actually just quite poor. And, uh, like, I had I had known that originally. I didn't realize how bad. So I figured them, Lutton scoring against Brighton was some sign of offense. But when I watched Chelsea play Lutton, they, they could get forwards. But then, like, the wing guys, every time they tried to swing the ball in, were, like, just putting terrible crosses, whether it would be, like over the net, way too deep. They just they could not break down Chelsea's like out their their fullbacks and get the ball in the middle. They had a couple bigger guys there in the middle too. So I know that that was definitely their strategy, try and get in there. And the commentators are talking about that too. But this Luton team looks really bad, man. They cannot keep possession of the ball. They have no offense, and a Chelsea team who's struggled to score for like a year and a bit now, like a year and a half puts in three on you, and I don't know if you guys watched that that game, but the Raheem Sterling, his first, like, the the goal he scored, he scored twice, Um, but the first one, he has the ball out on the right wing, like, where he plays, and he dribbles down, he comes, sees, like, a double team coming in, he fakes going right, so he baits the bottom defender to go down towards, like, the end, the goal line, ends up cutting between them, takes another touch past another defender, and now is basically in the six-yard box and then just slots it back into, into the back left, and, like, I had both teams a score in that game, and Lutton definitely had a couple opportunities, but their offense looks looks really non-existent. Uh, They got a couple shots on target from just Chelsea being, like, kind of a lackluster team that I still agree with, but this, this Lutton team is much worse than, than I thought, and I've been making jokes about them being quite poor, but I will not be betting on them in any way, shape, or form coming forwards. Oh, shit. My phone beat buzzing. Not one of those fraud calls. All right, so we move on to Saturday. We had Bournemouth hosting Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham actually, like, I thought this team was going to be really bad and really struggling to score with without Harry Kane, but uh, take a nice 2-0 win over Bournemouth. Obviously, Bournemouth, one of those bottom-tier teams, one of the teams that Mike and I thought were going to be relegated. But uh, Tottenham showed, like, some strength. They put in two in all three of their first games uh, against Brentford and then United and now Bournemouth, and they've also been able to keep the ball out of the net, which is actually something I'm really surprised with, having a clean sheet in the United game and also in this Bournemouth game. Bournemouth not so surprising as they are quite poor, but, like, I still would have thought that Tottenham would give up a goal, and uh, I don't remember what I... Had in that game, I think I had like the over two and a half, but uh, tough, tough luck there, uh, with Tottenham just just getting the job done. It was it was always Tottenham money line, and I don't, I, I'm I'm gonna favor them a little bit more going forwards. Then we had uh, Arsenal host Fulham, had uh, Arsenal money line and their total shots on target, total shots, no doubt they had 11 shots on target. This Fulham team has been. Really leaky on defense, but still like keeping the ball out of the net most of the time. They've given up three against Brentford in week two, and they just gave up two. But they end up drawing the game two-two against Arsenal, and I believe Fulham had a red card in like the 89th minute, and then there was 20 minutes of stoppage time to be played. Arsenal and and I believe that Fulham also scored when a man down. Arsenal just got to be better, man. This team hasn't looked nearly as good as they did at the beginning of last season. I think they have all the talent there, but they're just struggling to put the ball in net. And then they've been scored on in, they got scored on in week one by Nottingham on a counter. Uh, I believe they got scored on in week two. Let me just go check my notes here. No, they didn't. They ended up winning one nil against Crystal Palace, but I remember that was a very close game where they, they also had a red card and were just able to keep Crystal Palace out, but they, they haven't looked to be the same strength that they were last year. Still still very good, but drawing Fulham at home is not what you want from that team. Then uh, we had a big winner in Everton over—or sorry, Wolves over Everton, or uh, Everton at home. And I don't know why Wolves were such a big underdog. I think we got them at plus 240. And this Wolves team is it's just very young, very energetic— plays a very high press which we saw against United and that high press was very successful against United uh, then we see Everton in week 2 get absolutely dominated by Villa's high press and I just thought, you know, Wolves uh, could could give up a goal here to Everton but that high press was definitely going to be an issue for uh, Everton and Wolves did have high, more possession than than Everton throughout this game so they weren't able to kind of Take advantage of that high press, and it looked like Everton were actually kind of winning the game in terms of they had more shots. They had more shots on target, uh, higher expected goals, but uh, Wolves able to clutch that one out uh, 1-0 and give us a big winner there. We then had uh, Brentford hosting Crystal Palace. We had the draw there. Another big winner for us. Uh, they ended up drawing 1-1. These teams are just, they're they're kind of, they're low scoring. They're defensive teams. Uh, I know Brentford did put in three against Fulham, but uh, Fulham, as I said, their defense has been quite lackluster, and uh, yeah, I, I think that these teams are very evenly matched, probably in an eight or a nine spot coming to the end of the year. So I like this to be, I liked, I liked that draw, and we they got it done for us. We then had United hosting Nottingham Forest, and I feel like we're going back to this United team every week, with kind of how how poor they've been, and they've finally been able to find the back of the net. They scored three times, but against one of these kind of like middle, lower tier oppositions in Nottingham, you can't be given up two. So they did come away with the three points, but uh, had the minus 1.5 just due to the matchup history and United having won all of their games going back years and years by uh, multiple goals. And United get the job, then they get the three points, but only by one. And they only they uh, scored I believe they were down 2-1 at one point. I know Nottingham did also have a red card in that game, which uh, I'm not sure if United scored after they read, but uh, you just this United team is not showing the strength that you'd expect based on the lineup they have on the field. And Nottingham is one of those like traditionally underappreciated teams that I think, and I've been going towards them to score in all of their games recently. But uh, with the with the lineup that United has with Varane and Lissandra Martinez and good fullbacks as well, which should be able to keep up with the pace that Nottingham has up front, I, I they really cannot be given up two. They should be given up one maybe because we know Nottingham have a good counter, but uh, you're giving up two, and you can't expect to score more than two goals in a game when this United team has been struggling up front. And so they got lucky, and they did put in two uh, later on in the game and to come out with the three points. But I think they just need to be more consistent throughout the entire game, and they should be able to kind of turn things around. They had a rough start last season as well. I'm hoping to see them kind of turn it around. And maybe with maybe with Hoyland come in and Rashford move out to that left wing, wing they'll be able to create more chances up front uh, with, like, a bigger guy in Hoyland. But is uh, this United team... Uh, that, they're they're unpredictable at at right now because they they should be better and they're not. We move on to Brighton hosting West Ham. I'm a Brighton guy and I was I was loving Brighton coming into this matchup. I loved the the over in this game which did end up hitting, but uh I, I didn't like the odds on the over. I thought it were a little low and so I took Brighton to win or draw and the over. Well, that was a mistake right there. They end up getting smashed 3-1. Uh, had a much higher expected goals, a much higher possession. Let me get these stats up here, but uh, this game was just painful to watch as a Brighton fan. I don't know how they performed so poorly uh, up front, and this is not what we've experienced from this team. This team has been good in, in the first couple weeks, but that might just come down to the fact that they played Lutton. And then, who was the other opposition? They played Wolves. So they played two very, very poor teams. But, uh, oh, see here, I'm wrong. So Brighton did have 78% possession with 25 shots and 10 shots on target, but only 1.5 expected goals, whereas they gave up 3.2 expected goals to West Ham. So the expected goals did come down to be about what the what the scoreline was. But uh, with... 78% possession, you got to be putting in more than one. Same thing with 25 shots, you got to be putting in more than one. And we know this is not how Brighton like to play their football. They like to be a more I'd say dynamic team of getting forward and transitioning quickly, not so much on the counter, but just winning balls in the midfield and not holding on to possession as they they don't really have those those big name Control possession midfielders. Uh, obviously, Cisco and uh, Joao Pedro are, are very good, very athletic midfielders, but uh, and they can create chances. But these aren't the guys like your De Bruyne, like your Gundogan, who can control that midfield and be very creative in breaking down that low block. So what they needed to be more dynamic, and uh, hopefully, in in a more evenly matched game, we'll see them get back to that goal scoring form but just brutal way to lose out there from uh, against against a West Ham team who has now gone on to win two big upset games against uh, Chelsea and then Brighton 3-1 in each of them. And with uh, with the loss of Declan Rice, I don't think anyone was expecting them to be quite good this year. I liked them to be in around the 14-15 area because they do still have some good offensive threats. And Miguel Antonio and uh, Ward Prowse, uh, I'm struggling with other names right now, but uh, they do have a good like offensive pressure in uh, Paqueta. That's who I was looking for. But I did not expect them to be coming out and taking taking big wins over teams like Brighton and Chelsea, who should be at the top of the table come the, the me- middle end of the season. So then we move on to the, the Sunday games from this past week, and we had Burnley hosting Aston Villa, had Aston Villa money line, they uh, they got the job done, nice three one, and this is just these teams had been in their matchup history quite even in years past, but I like the fact that Aston Villa have that experience from last year's Premier League uh, run of of last season because they were in the Championship the year before they were a promoted team last year and then I think really surprised people by performing well, but that gave them lots of experience against higher quality opponents and now you play against a team who. You have traditionally been quite even with, but with much more experience, much more development, uh, they were going to get the job done. And they did so. We had Sheffield host City. Now, we had Sheffield to win. and uh, Sorry, not Sheffield to win. uh, City to win to nil. So, Sheffield not scoring. And this game looked pretty good with uh, City being up 1-0 at around the 80th minute. And also, Erling Haaland missed a penalty in that game. Uh, which is very rare from him, but uh, City, you know, dominating possession, having having like I think it was eighty five percent possession at most of the for most of the game, and then you know just giving up a tough goal there, and coming down to the end of the of the game, you saw Sheffield really kind of have a have a switch in momentum for about five or six minutes, and and City was unable to get possession of the ball again and get the ball out of there. Uh, defensive third, and Sheffield kept pressing and kept pressing and kept pressing, and finally able to put one in the net, and, and that's what you're going to see from these teams who are kind of like grindy, uh, like Sheffield, uh, like Nottingham, like Wolves, who are going to stick with you throughout the entire game, and if they get their opportunity, they're going to finish one, and that's what Sheffield does. I don't think the Sheffield team is very good. I don't think they deserve to score against a team like City, but uh, if City's going to have those lapses... Uh, for more than one or two mistakes here, but a full five to ten minutes, then they're gonna they should expect to get scored on that in that situ- situation. They do still come out with the win with uh Rodri scoring an absolute screamer of like a volley off of a a miss. So like the corner kick comes in, kind of gets headed away, or it might have been a cross, but uh, kind of gets headed away. It bounces to Rodri on like kind of the just inside the box, and he bangs one top left corner. Gorgeous ball, and uh, City kind of cruise out to a victory there uh, after that. Sheffield did have a little bit of pressure going on at the end with just that revitalization of energy from their own score and wanting to get points against City, which is going to be a rare thing for any team to do this season. But City keep going. They're uh, now 3-0, and which is definitely not unexpected for uh, the powerhouse team they are, even without De Bruyne. And then the last game of match week 3 was an absolute thriller. We have Newcastle hosting Liverpool. So right at the beginning of the game, we have uh Trent Alexander Arnold Arnold get a yellow card for time wasting. He gets pushed out of bounds um and he ends up throwing the ball back in bounds even though like so it was going to be not uh, Newcastle's ball and he throws the ball away. So ref comes over gives him a yellow. Right and no less than 5 minutes later we're still in like 10 12 minutes uh Aaron Gordon Yeah, Aaron Gordon drives past him on the wing and you see Trent Alexander Arnold put an arm out to kind of stop him and it looks like he's going to do one of those uh those take fouls but he's already on a yellow and Gordon goes down By the way, magnificent performance from Gordon uh in this game. He did score their uh their goal there um from uh, Trent Alexander Arnold uh, mistake where he just loses the ball going behind him, but uh, gets that arm out, takes the takes the foul, and the ref does call a foul, but doesn't give a, the second yellow, thank goodness, for Liverpool. Uh, they're still able to stay in it, but then uh, Gordon scores off of that uh, Alexander-Arnold mistake. He just gets out on a breakaway and puts one past Allison. And then they're, uh, Newcastle's in on goal again. Isak is about to have a breakaway. Van Dyke comes in with a very strong challenge. He definitely goes through Isak, but uh, I don't know whether... Like, I heard the commentators saying that the the VAR approved it, and they th- also thought it was a good call, but uh, he gets a lot of ball. He does come through Isak to get it, and Isak's going to be on net, but Virgil sent straight off with a red. So, Newca- so, so Liverpool down to 10 men at the 28th minute and then really struggle for a long portion of the game with uh, Newcastle, especially Gordon. Uh, getting forwards, getting shots on net, and Allison had a fantastic game. He was able to keep the ball in net. He had a couple huge saves uh, that kept Liverpool in it. They make a couple subs at the near near the end of the second half, at the like I think 80 80th minute, 77th minute somewhere. Darwin Nunes comes in, gets a breakaway from a gets a breakaway pass, finishes uh, against Pope, ties up the game 1-1. And we had the draw in that game, so I was freaking out. But uh, they, uh, Newcastle. I don't know what they're what they're doing. Lapse in judgment. They're up a man, and now it doesn't look like they're up a man anymore. Liverpool's got all of the energy, and Salah plays another ball through to Darwin Nunes. Almost the exact same finish, just on a breakaway, right side of the net. Plays a nice little just low shot to the bottom left side, and Pope. There's there's not much he can do. He's he's one on one. He comes comes out. He breaks down the angle but you're you're one on one with like one of a, a world class player in Darwin Nunez obviously he plays forward for Liverpool he's a great player uh he's had some questionable finishing in the past but you know maybe this is the i heard the commentator say the evolution for for Darwin uh and if he if he can perform well then he might get a starting spot back but uh Liverpool come away with a 2-1 victory even down 10 men I liked, I liked Liverpool uh, coming into this season. I think that they had a, a, a tough start to their last season, and they had to really work to get back into a good standing spot, and they had the matchup history against Newcastle. I did like the draw for the fact that I think Newcastle is still a better team than this Liverpool team on a consistent basis, but as we've seen with Liverpool in in last year especially, that when this team clicks, they can really start to put the ball in the net. And we talked about it in the the season preview of Liverpool. Uh, And we also talked about their game before playing Bournemouth, who they have a really good matchup history against, that when this team clicks, they can really put in lots and lots of goals. So they only had 10 minutes to spare. Darwin Nunes comes in and puts in two to seal them a victory in a very much needed game, which is on the road at Newcastle, who is a good home team, a team that they're going to be contending with for European competitions come the end of the season, and they get the job done. Just a fantastic kind of grit from Liverpool, from Allison, from from Sulla, who I don't think has had a great start to the season. I saw him bobble a lot of finishes against Bournemouth. I saw him bobble a lot of finishes against Chelsea. And even on uh, Sunday's matchup, I saw him not really maintain control over the ball and be able to beat defenders or find the back of the net and and losing out on attacking opportunities. But uh, he does get the job done getting an assist and uh, Liverpool get the job done with the win. So let's move on to uh, kind of like the week four preview here. I won't go into too many kind of questions without Micah here to banter with. So we'll just get into the preview. So on Friday, we have uh, Lutton hosting West Ham. I, I don't understand what the bookmakers are doing with this game. Um, this is going to be a, a large bet for me. But uh, we've got two teams trending in completely different directions. Two teams on on different scales of quality. We got probably a middle-tier table uh, team who's in great form in West Ham and a bottom-tier table team, uh, Lutton, who is 0-2 to start the season. And they're giving us West Ham Moneyline at minus uh, 125. That's not bad all, odds at all, and I will be taking West Ham Moneyline. I expect this game to be probably 2-0, maybe 3-0, maybe 3-1. But I think this will be a comfortable game, and I might even ladder West Ham to win by multiple goals, whether it's the minus 1.5, whether it's the minus 2.5. This West Ham team should be able to get the job done. The Lutton defense doesn't look great. And after you know, we talked about the the full circle, so I'm not gonna say too much towards the um kind of counter of playing against different teams, but West Ham looked power like like a like an offensive threat against Chelsea. And then, like, this Chelsea team looked like it was easily able to take on Lutton. So I'd, I'd like to think that uh, this West Ham team would be an offensive threat against Lutton. I know that's not how matchups altogether work. But uh, I really like this West Ham team to score multiple goals themselves. And I didn't I didn't look at the odds for what their their team total of goals were. But I would probably like those two. Give me West Ham money line for the Friday uh, matchup. So the first game I have here on Saturday is uh, Sheffield hosting Everton. And uh, I think that both of these teams just kind of are, are gritty and are grimy, but are struggling to score. And uh, Everton now, I believe, I don't even know if they've scored yet. They, uh, I know they lost their first game uh, 1-0 to uh, Fulham. They lost their second game 4-0 to Villa. And they just lost 1-0 to Wolves. So they haven't put the ball in the net yet this season. And I think the Sheffield team, although definitely not one of their toughest opponents to play against, they'll probably struggle to score again just with the quality of these two teams and the fact that that I feel like Sheffield is going to be physical and be in their face. I wouldn't imagine Everton to put in more than one if they can get lucky with the one. And then I feel the same way about the Sheffield team. You know, when I watched their game against Nottingham, they these both both teams had a very similar style of play of just being very aggressive in the midfield and trying to win the ball back, but not having a lot defensively. And Sheffield still kind of struggled to score against Nottingham, who I don't think have a good defense, and I don't think Everton have a great defense either. I think they'll give up possession of the ball in the midfield, and I would probably expect Sheffield to win this game, but I think it will be a 1-0, maybe a 2-0, but I, I like the under 2.5 goals here. I don't see this game getting all the way up to 2-1 and I don't see either of these teams putting in 3 themselves. Uh, give me the under 2.5. Then I have Chelsea versus Nottingham. And uh this this game is really this is a really straightforward bet for me. I I think that Nottingham have a good offense and a very poor defense. And the similarly I think this Chelsea team has times when they're world class in their, in their quality. And we saw this moments of greatness against Lutton putting in three. So I think that they will score against Nottingham, if not multiple times. But I think that they also have these kind of brainless moments where they get scored on. They got scored on by what they gave up a penalty to West Ham when West Ham had 10 men. And I think that this Nottingham team has a good offense. I think that uh, Morgan Gibbs white will get forwards and could could draw some kind of foul or even a penalty but in an attacking position and I would like to see this Nottingham team score so give me the both teams to score if not uh, I would also probably like the over two and a half in both teams to score uh, for a little bit better odds but I'm going to take the both teams to score uh in this game then I have City versus Fulham and uh I would probably like City to win to nil again, but I'm not going to be taking that risk when they just let me down in uh, keeping Sheffield, keeping a clean sheet against Sheffield. But this Fulham team, as I mentioned in the preview for last week's game, have been very leaky on defense. They gave up tons of shots to Everton. I believe it was nine on target. They gave up eight on target to Brentford. They just gave up 11 on target to Arsenal. I'm going to take City to win. I'm also going to take City's, total shots on target. I didn't do too much looking into what the actual number will be, and I may wait to see some lineups on uh, what the actual number would be to see if City rests any guys. I know they're 3-0, and this should be a fairly straightforward matchup for them. But I do like uh, City to win, and for them to have lots of shots on net. They're going to control possession. They're going to get the ball in the box, and I would like to see probably Grealish have a couple shots. We'll see Foden have a couple shots. Hopefully we can see Holland get his head on one or two and uh, get us up to seven, eight, nine shots on target and clack cash our our bet of city money line and uh city's total shots on target then uh, i got burnley versus tottenham Ta- tottenham uh th- i don't i i i think this is a similar type type thing with uh the the west ham and and Luttentown game these teams are are in different directions burnley has lost both of their first two games and by a fairly steep margin, they they got stomped on by City, and and that's fair. We all expected that. That's the best team in the world, by say, uh, you could say, by winning the Champions League last season. And at that point, I believe they still had De Bruyne as well, but they also just lost three one to Aston Villa this past week, who I think are going to be an upper mid tier team, probably in a in a seven spot on the table. But with the way Tottenham have been play, Tottenham have been playing. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a higher favorite than this. This Tottenham team has beaten United. They they haven't lost yet to start the season. They've scored twice in each of their games, and I would expect them to come out here and score twice or three times against Burnley, and I don't think Burnley will be able to keep up offensively. So I'm going to take Tottenham money line here at minus 125. I think that's a good number for Tottenham. Uh, If it goes down much steeper, anything lower than probably minus 150, I wouldn't like it as much because... Stom team, I still think will struggle defensively. Uh, but at this at this price, I don't think Burnley will be able to keep up with the offense that Tottenham should bring to them. I don't really love Burnley's defense either, having been scored on uh, I think three times in both of their first two games. Uh no, they got scored on four times uh in their opener, no, just three, in their opener against City. But I know that City had uh many opportunities to make that into a fourth. And then the next game I got here is Brentford hosting Bournemouth. Uh, this is this is a game that I think is very difficult to call. Uh, this, the matchup history isn't super favorable for each team, but I do think that this Bournemouth team is a lower-tier team, uh, probably going to be relegated come the end of the season and haven't looked great aside from that first game that they played where uh, they did keep it very even with, Ever- with uh, West Ham. But uh, this Brentford team has also looked good. They drew their first game 2-2 with Tottenham. Uh, they did win uh, their mo- their their second week game uh, against Fulham 3-0, I believe. So great performance from them there. And then they just drew with Palace, who I think is also an underrated team, the same way I think that Brentford's on an underrated team. So I think this is going to be like a middle-tier team versus a lower-tier team. And... Give me Brentford money line. They're also at home. We know teams like to to they tend to be better at home uh with their fans behind them. So give me Brentford money line at -163. And then the last Saturday game I have is uh Brighton hosting Newcastle. After this recent week, I don't know what to think of this Brighton team. Other than the fact that they still tend towards these overs and I had looked at the over 3 in their game against West Ham and I decided not to take it because there's that three goal push potential and I wanted to find a winning bet to to go out onto the Twitter so I went with that winner draw this week I will not be so foolish I will trust my gut I will trust the Brighton overs Newcastle has also been going over Uh, they showed a strong offensive capability in their past few games I really didn't score against City but that is Manchester City they put in five against Villa they put in one against Liverpool with many other opportunities. And I think that if Allison doesn't have an outstanding game um, on Sunday, then they would have scored at least two, if not three. And against Brighton, who doesn't have a goalkeeper of the same quality as Allison, or I think even a defense of the same quality as Liverpool, even down to 10 men, because they did switch up their formations, they would still have four at the back, so... I wouldn't take too much away from their defense, but I would like to give Newcastle uh, a, a the beneficiary the benefit of the doubt in terms of their scoring. I think that they will put in more than one against this this uh, Brighton for, Brighton team who have struggled defensively, uh, being scored on in all three of their games: one by Lutton Town, one by Wolves, and then three this past week to West Ham. Uh, similarly, I think this. Brighton team, as I said, will be able to benefit from that more dynamic style of football where they're not going to have the ball um, as much as they did against West Ham. Uh, Newcastle will be able to keep the ball and keep the pace of the game up. So this Brighton team will be able to do what they want, use their pace, use their, I'd say, young and energy to get forwards and find the net themselves. Uh, We also saw that this Newcastle team isn't always the best defensively. Uh, We know from last season, they're especially not the best defensively when they're on the road. They were fantastic defensively last season at home, and then they just come out and they give up two with a man short against Liverpool. Do I think Brighton's offense is as good as a peak Liverpool? No, but I think that this Brighton offense is as good as, at least as good as a regular time Liverpool. And they should be able to put in one Maybe two if we're lucky, but uh, I'm going to take the over two and a half um, in this game. I know the odds are low. I would also look at the over three if you have the alternative Asian line for that one and uh, potentially even an over two and a half and both teams a score. I think both teams really have uh, the opportunity to score in this game, as I've mentioned kind of in the preview. So then we move on to Sunday. So we've got Liverpool hosting Aston Villa and This is kind of a similar, similar situation where Liverpool have finally started to maybe, maybe, maybe finally started to click offensively. They put in three against Bournemouth. Uh, They just put in two against Newcastle with a man short for 65 minutes of the game, call even 60 minutes of the game. And I think that they're, they're able to score against this Aston Villa team. The matchup history really favors the over. Uh, It also favors both teams to score. And I like both teams to score here because Aston Villa seem to have figured out their offense, uh, putting in three this past week against Burnley. And uh, four the week before against, let me go find it, uh, Everton. And I I think Aston Villa can put in one, but this Liverpool team... Should be able to to get score score some of their own. Uh, I especially like this over with uh, Van Dyke being out. Uh, he's got his red card, so he's going to pay his his time uh, in the box, as you would say. Uh, so he's got his game suspension. Trent Alexander-Arnold is on a yellow card as well, and I'm sure he's not looking for a suspension, so he's going to have to play a little bit more carefully in in his take fouls, so he doesn't get his second yellow card uh, in two games. But I like this Aston Villa team to score. Uh, I like Liverpool to score against an Aston Villa team with with the high power of this Liverpool offense when they can get it going. Uh, So I'd like over two and a half uh, with the both teams to score in this matchup as well. The next game I have is is Palace hosting Wolverhampton. Uh, This one I do like the, the under two and a half. I think that this Palace team is a fair bit better than this Wolves team. The matchup history does favor the under, But uh, Palace at home are a very strong defensive team. They will get forwards. I think that they win this game. I think that they score. But I also think that they're able to kind of know their limits as a team. And they won't try and play out of the back so much. But instead, get the ball forwards quickly, break down the Wolverhampton press. And whether they score or not, they're going to be tough for Wolves to get back into and be offensive with this Wolves team, I don't think their offense is great. I think that they can take advantage of winning balls in the offensive third, uh, as I expected them to do against Everton. They still only scored once against Everton. I think this Crystal Palace defense is much, much, much better than Everton. Give me the under two and a half. I like Crystal Palace to win, but I'd be much happier with this under. Uh, Crystal Palace have gone under in the majority of their previous games uh, as a team and also against Wolves. They'll get it done. They'll keep the game low scoring. Give me the under. And then our last game of the weekend, uh, probably the the highlight game of the weekend, we have Arsenal hosting Manchester United. And this one's a really tough game for me to call. I uh, think that this United team has the has the possibility to get it done. I think I'm a little bit biased because I do like this United team and, I, and Micah watches this United team all the time. And I'd love to, to support them for my boy, but they've been, they've been struggling. They've been very shaky recently. And I think the same thing with this Arsenal team where they've been kind of, they're showing glimpses of offense, but they've been scored in two out of their first three games and they're not playing this, this high powered, these high powered offensive teams. They were scored against Nottingham who do have a good offense but just never really had the ball, and I didn't expect them to score, and they hadn't scored on them in a long period of time. I think if you looked at the breakdown, it was since, like, 1996. Nottingham had scored, hadn't scored uh, against Arsenal at home, but they scored here. So I think this Arsenal team has been really struggling defensively, and uh, they've lost Tomiyasu to a red card. So it's a multiple-game suspension, I believe. Uh, they just still don't have Yuri and Timber because he's on injury. I don't know if Zinchenko is back from injury, but this team is kind of riddled with injuries along their back line. And I think we see United score in this game. Maybe they've started to figure out their offense, having put in three last week against Nottingham. We've talked about Nottingham's defense being poor, but I still think we can see United try and shine a glimpse into that offensive prowess that they had in the middle of last season. They did score against Arsenal last season. The game did end 2-1, uh, and this United team has also been giving up lots of goals recently. They were scored on twice by Tottenham. They just got scored on twice by Nottingham. I like both teams to score in this matchup. I like the over 2.5. The matchup history favors both teams to score in the over 2.5, so that's going to be where I'm leaning for this game as well. Um, and uh, so as that's going to be all of the games that we have for Week 4 and the, the entire preview. There will be uh, written... written Write-ups come out on Thursday. Michael will get those posted onto uh, Instagram, and I'll have them posted onto the Twitter. But uh, until next week, hopefully we have a good match week for some exciting games, and uh, I'll see you next Tuesday.